by the end of this <laughs> evening, you're going to hug me and it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm so excited. Drink up, honey. Bourbon makes Rebecca a hugger. <laughs> Does it, though? I haven't had enough bourbon. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. Now, this uh, we had two old fashions, which is basically bourbon with some simple syrup. Yeah, I'd hug y'all. So sleepover. Oh, my God. We're going to have old fashions. I'm going to get a hug. It's oh, my God. By the time I was ready for a hug, both of y'all would be out cold. Fair. Challenge accepted, ma'am. I like to sleep, so I will probably be awake. Wake me up, <laughs> Ashley, when she's ready to hug. <laughs> Tiffany, it's time. <laughs> Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. We really got to stop doing that, guys. We don't do it often. This is the second time we've done it in the past three episodes. Okay. Why are you so angry? And (laughs) we don't do it often. I got a bug up my butt and I really wanted to do it. So bug out. Why are you so mad? <laughs> Who hurt you? We don't have time for that. Anyway, what's the story? <laughs> I meant in this room. <laughs> this is a womb of comfort. We are going to learn a story. Okay. That is the assignment. About a man who did things. What? Inch 55? About a man who did things or about the Mayans who did things? A man. <laughs> a man. A man. I was about to say, do we need to pull out like the Cusco grooves or something? <laughs> Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Fuck, we should not have drank more. (laughs) (laughs) For years, doctors in the United States made little attempts to save the lives of premature babies, but there was a place distressed parents could turn for help a sideshow on Coney Island. I know the story. I saw an article. I didn't read it, but I saw an article on this, and I'm really excited. Don't no, 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 no. I want to hear your story. I can never surprise you guys anymore. <laughs> Glamour is going out of the relationship. <laughs> the spark? I did not read the article. Here, one man saved thousands of lives and eventually changed the course of American medical science. Martin Arthur Cooney was born in 1869. He was born Michael Cohen in Krotoshin. Croatian? Krotoshin. Okay. Which was then part of Prussia. Yeah, sure. Okay. That sounds right. Uh, He was a German Jewish immigrant whose mother had a history of doctors. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca and Tiffany just looked at each other and was like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. I asked her where (laughs) Prussia was and she said, oh. Because it's no longer a country. It's in the void. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to scoot these drinks away from y'all. Gonna be good. <laughs> she velociraptor hissed at me. I have to finish it now so I can drive home. <clears throat> Though he claimed to have been a student of Pierre Constant Boudin. Bravo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who was an obstacle. Obst- <laughs> An obstetrician. Obstetrician? Yes. <laughs> who established infant care facilities throughout hospitals in Paris. He also worked with Etienne Stéphane Tarnier. Okay, you can pronounce French, but not obstetrician? Yes. Oui, oui. I don't know why Tupac is one talking, I, I but... I took like six years of French. I took hardly any years of the sciences. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> who developed one of the first infant warming devices. Um, in 1896, Boudin sent Cooney to the Berlin Expo... Exp- oh, my God. Exposition in Berlin, Germany, to show a new incubator model and promote its use throughout Europe. However, none of that can be verified that oh. he ever studied with or worked with Boudin. I didn't realize incubators been around that long. Uh-huh. That's pretty cool. And there's a lot of research, which I didn't go into, that shows that he was not actually a trained medical doctor at all. No. Cooney? Yes. Oh, well. No, um, Boudin was a very famous French physician, but whether Cooney actually studied under him is debated. At the exposition in Berlin, there was an exhibit called the Kinderbrutenstalt. 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 Nope. We need to stop. Which was the child hatchery. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, what? If Rebecca named things. <laughs> um, but it was. Can we call uteruses that? <laughs> <laughs> the Kinderbrutenstalt? No, child hatchery. <laughs> the Kinderbrutenstalt. And then they come out of the Wunder. <laughs> <laughs> or sometimes the Kinderbrutenstalt, depending on which way. Right. <laughs> okay. The story says that upon arriving in Berlin, Cooney obtained six premature infants from the director of the Chartres Hospital, Rudolf Virchow. Virchow? Virchow? One of those is correct. Uh-huh. Because all six infants were expected to die in the hospital. Cooney kept all six infants in incubators in a pavilion at the exposition. Over 100,000 visitors paid to see the infants. Wait a second. These children were expected to die, so they were taken away from their parents? They were expected to die. The hospital had nothing that they could do for them. So so their parents didn't take them home? No. But, but this yeah. is also the legend says that he worked under Boudin, who was one of the few people in the world who was doing anything to help well damn these kids that makes me really sad so think about it in the same way you sort of think of like experimental medical treatments like the doctor can tell you you can either take your child home to die and have a hundred percent chance of mortality or there's this guy showcasing this new thing that has been shown to help i just i was very fortunate and carried adeline full term but i know so many people who have had premature babies a lot of people who are very close to me and i can't imagine you having my child i can't imagine being like oh no cool go ahead and take her but like we said at that time yeah i know there was like a two percent chance of survival oh that's scary okay but cooney kept all six infants and incubators in a pavilion at the exposition um over a hundred thousand visitors paid to see the infants all six infants survived for the two months of the exposition many survived further after that following the burzit burzin <laughs> Berlin Exposition, Cooney coordinated an infant incubator display for Great Britain's 1897 Victorian Air Exposition. He brought infants for the display from France. They were transported on a boat via the English Channel in baskets with hot water bottles to keep the infants warm. Um, In 1896, he coordinated his first show in the United States at the 1898 Trans-Mississippi and International Exposition in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Oh golly. That's a that's a name. I got the vapors, right? That is quite the name for an exhibition. Why do they call them exhibitions? Because that's what expos are. 
exposition is like uh correct me if i'm wrong smarty pants but um <laughs> exposition is like where things are on display that's like the definition of it yeah okay i like fair better um <laughs> the rural location did not attract large crowds so cooney returned to europe in 1900 to host another exhibit at the exposition universal in paris he then returned in 1901 for the pan american exposition in buffalo new york at the pan american exposition he housed infants in a building specifically built for his exhibit however this was in the amusement section of the exposition rather than the science section what those babies <laughs> that one i have a little bit of issues with yes but he's taking care of the baby so i can't be upset with him and the pan-american was a large fair and his show attracted media attention from public press and medical press alike articles appeared in multiple articles medical and local papers about his show in buffalo and following the exposition the children's hospital of buffalo actually bought several of the incubators oh that's cool mm-hmm. all right you go cooney um in 1903 he permanently immigrated to the united states and a year later opened a permanent exhibit of infant incubators at coney island in brooklyn new york at this time, visitors to Coney Island could see some extraordinary attractions, like a tribe transported from the Philippines. Philippines. <laughs> the Philistine the tribe. The Philistines. A tribe. Conquered by David. <laughs> Kidding. All right, continue. <laughs> a tribe transported from the Philippines, quote, midget villages is what they were referred to. Oh. Um, a reenactment of the Boer, B-O-E-R, Boer War by a thousand soldiers, including veterans from both sides, and death-defying roller coasters. Could you imagine a roller coaster in 1904? No. I... Uh, I'm it's pe- not just a runaway carriage? <laughs> <laughs> See, I was picturing like a strong man just swinging a box that you're taped into. <laughs> no, I was picturing... Um, at the Six Flags over Georgia, they've got one. What is it called? The screen machine? Yes. Yeah. That old rickety one that you ride and like... That's the scariest You get a one. concussion. It's not the ride you're worried about. It's the ride falling apart. Right. Yeah. Like you get a concussion from being jerked around so My much. My favorite thing is next time you're there, look under the ride and look at all the screws that are underneath there. Oh, Hi. that's terrifying. Don't like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> so anyway. Cooney's infant incubator facility was one of Coney Island's most popular exhibits. A sign reading... All the world loves a baby hung above the entrance. Inside, premature babies fought for their lives, tended by a team of dedicated medical staff. In America, many doctors still at the time had the views that premature babies were genetically inferior, quote, weaklings whose fate was a matter for God. Hmm. That makes me really sad. Oh, question about this. Yes. So something I didn't think about before, these children that are on display, are their parents still the legal guardians of them? Are they like? Yes. Okay, good. So when you originally said that, maybe it's the bourbon, but I thought like the hospital was like. they didn't just like hand them over. Like the hospital didn't like take them away from their parents. Okay, I don't have any problem with this anymore. (laughs) I was getting really mad at the parents this whole time. Got it. Cool. Keep going. The parents are basically like, we have no other choice. They're dying in the hospital. We have to do something. Mr. Cooney, even though you're not George (laughs) Clooney, I take you on. You're amazing. Let's go. What? Bourbon. It's fine. (laughs) Without intervention, the vast majority of infants born prematurely at this time were destined to die. So Cooney would place each baby in their own incubator. Each incubator is more than five feet tall. It was made of steel and glass and stood on four legs. Oh, wow. A water boiler on the outside supplied hot water to a pipe running underneath the bed, a fine mesh on which the baby slept while a thermostat regulated the temperature. Another pipe carried fresh air from outside the building 
going into the incubator, first passing through absorbent wool suspended in antiseptic or medicated water, then through dry wool to filter out impurities. Oh, I am so happy about this. On top, a chimney-like device with a revolving fan blew the exhausted air upwards and out of the incubators. However, caring for the premature babies was expensive. In 1903, it cost about $15 a day, which is $450 in today's money, to care for each baby in Cooney's facility. Cooney, however, refused to charge the parents a penny for their medical care, so the public paid. To see the babies, it would cost you 25 cents. Um, They came in such numbers that Cooney easily covered his operating costs, paid his staff a good wage, and had enough left over to begin planning more exhibits. He employed five wet nurses to feed the infants and several other medically trained technicians, including his own daughter, who was the wife, or excuse me, was the daughter of, obviously, Cooney and his wife, who was one of his nurses, Annabelle Segner, and his daughter, Hildegard, herself was born six weeks premature, weighing just three pounds. And she later trained as a nurse and joined her father's business. Oh, that gave me chills. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> you did a 180 there. Okay. Angry Tiffany was real mad at the parents giving up their children. But then I realized angry Tiffany was just misunderstanding. So happy Tiffany's back. It's fine. <laughs> She's back, Jack. Back, Jack. Cooney was a strong advocate of breast milk, so which in lies the five wet nurses. And he required the wet nurses to keep a strict diet because of their role in treatment of premature infants. He implied employed two cooks to prepare nutritious meals specifically for his wet nurses. If any of them were discovered smoking, drinking, or snacking on a hot dog, they would be fired immediately. I'm okay. like in love with this man. Cooney saw his job not only to save the lives of premature babies, but also to advocate on their behalf. He gave lectures reciting the names of famous men who had been born prematurely and gone on to achieve great things such as Mark Twain, Napoleon, Victor Hugo, Charles Darwin, and Sir Isaac Newton. I'm just happy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good day. Um, Like happy, happy or warm, fuzzy, bourbon happy? Both. It's fine. Sorry. I doubled up a part of my story here. We're back in Mississippi. Whiplash. Sorry, sorry. Cooney's techniques were advanced for the time, including his emphasis on breast milk and his strictness about hygiene. However, some of his methods were deemed unconventional. Most hospital doctors believed that contact with premature babies should be kept to a minimum to reduce the risk of infection. However, Cooney encouraged his nurses to take the babies out of the incubators to hug and kiss them, believing they would respond positively to the affection. Um, Eager to distance himself from Coney Island's more freakish side, he stressed that his facility was a miniature hospital, not a sideshow attraction. The nurses wore starched white uniforms. He and the doctors wore suits topped with physicians' white coats, and the incubator facility facility was always scrubbed spotlessly clean. For every 45 minutes that they were open, they would be closed for 15 to clean the facility. However, he was not adverse to adopting a few quote, showman tactics himself. He instructed the nurses to dress the babies in clothing several sizes too large to emphasize how small they were and they would tie a big bow around the middle of their waist to like add to that uh-huh. teeny tiny faci- facility? Facade? Fac- facade. But it's not a facade because they are tiny. Illusion. Appearance. Appearance. <laughs> you got to make that money, honey, to support the show. Exactly. Physique. You're so smart. This is why we keep you. Um, <laughs> one of the many reasons. <laughs> and although we've gotten 
totally off track there. Do we want to take a little drink break there before we get more into what he did? Yes, because I need to uh, go build an altar to this man. (laughs) Oh, that escalated quickly. And very far. Bourbon, baby. Okay, you might be cut (laughs) off, but Ashley, would you like a drink break? Absolutely. All right. Johnny boy, I knew you had it in you. What? Oh, what did I do? Why, Johnny, my dear boy, you just committed your first murder. Me, my demon, and I. A comedy. Okay, so we're back to talk about our favorite person mm-hmm. well one of them one our of current them. favorite person yes okay so despite his life-saving work donations to children's charities physicians and health officials accuse the incubator doctor of exploiting the babies and endangering their lives by putting them on show there would be multiple attempts to shut him down well what is the other option just send them home to die yep f those people yeah and that's why he didn't get shut down good but as time passed his track record of saving lives and his sincerity began to attract supporters from the world of mainstream medicine in 1914 while exhibiting in chicago cooney met a local pediatrician julius hess who would go on to become known as the father of american neonatalology neonatology perfect got it I have no idea. (laughs) It was the beginning of a lifelong friendship and an important professional relationship. The two men ran an infant incubator facility together at the 1933-34 Chicago World's Fair. Oh, hey. Same World's Fair? No. Different World's Fair. Got it. Um, Bobby. (laughs) No, it's funny because I saw that and I was like, oh, do we know someone else that was there? (laughs) Some physicians began sending babies to Cooney in acknowledgement at last of the quality of care the babies received in his facility. In a career spanning nearly half a century, he claimed to have saved nearly 6,500 babies with a success rate of 85%. Hospitals in the United States were slow to establish their own dedicated facilities for premature babies, though. The first on the eastern seaboard arrived in New York in 1939, 36 years after he brought his show to Coney Island. Oh, that was less than 100. Mm, Okay, sorry. Sorry. Continue. I have thoughts. In an article reflecting on Cooney's long career in The New Yorker in 1939, was quoted saying, quote, there are not enough doctors and nurses experienced in this field to go around. Care of prematures as a private patient is hideously expensive. $6 a day for mother's milk, rental of an incubator and hospital room, oxygen, several visits a day by a physician, and $15 a day for three shifts of nurses. But what's the price of a life, right? Insurance will cover it. Um <laughs> The best medical minds in New York could not come up with a workable model to save these vulnerable babies. Yet, almost 40 years earlier, a young immigrant from Europe with little in the ways of experience had done just that. Today, his legacy is being re-examined by doctors and many of Cooney's, quote, babies speak 
proudly in his defense. Carol Boyce Heinschek was born prematurely in 1942 and taken to Cooney's exhibit in Atlantic City. In 1942, this exhibit is still going on? At that time, yes. Uh, Martin Cooney was an incredible man. He should be famous for what he did. He saved thousands of us, she said. She still has the identity necklace made of pink beads with her name and white beads, which she was given in the incubator facility. Nobody was offering to do anything to save me, said another one of the babies, Beth Allen, who was born three months premature in Brooklyn in 1941. When a physician suggested that her parents take her to Coney Island, her mother refused, insisting her daughter wasn't, quote, a freak. Cooney then came to the hospital hearing the story of of a young girl who needed his help and persuaded her parents to let him care for her. Every Father's Day, her parents took her to see Cooney. Oh, God, I've got <laughs> chills. When he passed in 1950, they attended his funeral. Quote, without Martin Cooney, I wouldn't have had a life, she said. Today, it would be considered unethical to exhibit premature babies and charge fairgoers to see them. Notes Dr. Richard Chandler, who is the director of neonatal services at Cohen Children's Medical Center. But you have to think back to that time, he said. Nowadays, when technology comes out, we do randomized control trials. They didn't do those back then, so the shows were a way of demonstrating the benefits of using incubators. We owe a lot to Cooney and the work he was doing. Oh, during the time of the Coney Island show, he also held an exhibit in Luna Park from 1904 to 1943 and held a short exhibit in Coney Island's other amusement park, Dreamland. He continued his display at Luna Park until 1943, claiming he would not retire until the city's hospital opened a proper incubator ward. Luna Park closed in 1943 after the popularity and revenues of the exhibits waned. Um, He had to retire shortly after closing the exhibit. He passed away at the age of 80 in 1950. He is absolutely amazing. And I am beyond shocked that it's been less than 100 years since neonatal care has been like a normal thing. Right. That is crazy to me. That was fascinating. Oh, I'm so... He gets... Dr. Ruth Ruth, Coco Award. Dr. Ruth got a new... Uh, got renamed the Coco Award. But I think we should just have like... There was a Ruth Coco Award. Now we've got a Cooney Coco Award. <laughs> oh, we're taking... How about a Ruth Cooney Award? It's a Ruth Cooney Award. We'll remember that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Bourbon, baby. Um, but yeah, he's amazing. I want to hug him. I know I can't, but God. But God. <laughs> the babies. I know. So many people I know and love were preemies. And I will say... Uh, I don't know if it'd really be a trigger warning, but I put some pictures on the drive for you to put on the blog and they could be kind of hard to look at. Mm -hmm. They're not bad in any way, shape or form, but it does show babies in medical settings. So just be cautious if that's something that might be a trigger for you if you want to go to the blog for this episode. Yeah, I'll put a note at the beginning just as a reminder. Yeah. So it's nothing bad, but again, they are in a medical and they're not. Some of them don't appear to be doing well. So just a heads up. All the babies. He saved all the babies. I just... hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I've made it very clear my opinion on things that happen to children in these stories. And he's like the savior of the day. Yeah. 6,500 lives that he potentially saved. And that was, what, 80 years ago that... Nope, nope, math and bourbon do not mix. (laughs) I mean, the big one started in 1904, so 115 years ago? Well, he died in 1950, right? Yes. 69, 70 years ago. There you go. Yeah, about 70 years ago, 69, 70. And when he died, it wasn't like, still wasn't common. No. 
Oh. But he had luckily established those friendships and professional relationships to carry on his legacy. God, I want to hug him. I need to go hug a baby. <laughs> Rebecca, have you had enough bourbon to hug yet? Because no. I need a hug. No. No. We'll work on it. Okay. Kudos. Is that all? Yeah. Is that all? That was Is aggressive. That, Is that, that all? all? <laughs> wow. It's your episode. I know. I just wanted to make sure that I was trying to be like, is there anything else we need to touch base on, ladies? Am I done? <laughs> <laughs> it's past my bedtime. This was hard to research. I'm tired. <laughs> no, you did a magnificent job and I'm very happy and I want to go hug a Ruth Cooper Coney person. Ruth Cooney. <laughs> My goal next time is a topic you guys don't know about. <laughs> no, I really did not know about this. I just saw an article on it. and I was like, that's fascinating. And I bookmarked it, but didn't read it. So <laughs> now I can take the bookmark off. There Boom you go. Delete uh, those cookies. Side note, I bookmark a lot of shit. Never go back and read it. So <laughs> oops. <laughs> so they probably won't ever get deleted either. Probably not. Oh, well. Well, remember, friends, everyone has something that they Pump the brakes. Did you just do your own sound effect? I did. <laughs> we have a new logo. We do. Oh, yeah. That was abrupt, but we were supposed to talk. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've had bourbon. Yeah, we have a new logo, guys. You, you guys. haven't checked it out yet. I'm sure by this point, it's all over the social medias. But I mean, I'm sure if you're listening to this episode, you had to click somewhere where our logo was. So, But if this is your first time tuning in. That's true. That's not an OG logo, homie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new new. Oh my god. But yeah. I'm excited. We it's have an beautiful. amazing it is gorgeous. I'm so excited. And Mackenzie. Thank you. Lemoyne Designs. Thank is, you so much. I was about to pull that up. Yes. She, she'll be tagged on all the things I can find her on when we post the logo announcement on all the things past Rebecca did. What? What? All the things. Yeah. No, Mackenzie Lemoyne, she's amazing. Super easy to work with. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal artist. So check her Hit out. Her Oh, and then hit us up and tell us how much you love our new logo because it's amazing. Bump shakalaka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you want more new stuff, you should check out the Patreon because there's Whoa, new stuff there too. On. Just like throwing that out there. there. I'm going to do my sound effect again. <laughs> well, remember, friends, <laughs> everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesofstrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesofstrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Keep it strange, lovelies. Boo-boo. Any more sound effects, soundboard? Go hug a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>